Arcadian Vanguard presents the Wrestling News in your daily wrestling newscast for Thursday, September 28, 2023. Good morning. I'm Mike Sempervivi. We begin today with last night's AEW Dynamite broadcast live on TBS from the First Bank Center in Broomfield, Colorado. The final segment of the show featured the contract signing between Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland for their match this weekend at WrestleDream. The segment ended with a pull-apart brawl after Strickland slapped Page, who then stabbed him in the hand with his pen. During an in-ring promo segment, Adam Cole, who came out on crutches, explained that he had injured his ankle and could not defend the Ring of Honor World Tag Team title with MJF at WrestleDream. MJF responded by insisting he would defend the belts against the Righteous at the pay-per-view in a handicap match. Later in the segment, Jay White was out to issue a challenge to MJF. Yep, yep, yep. Don't worry, Maxi Boy. At the end of the day, you will have them, they will have you, and I will have the Triple B, baby! And you can all breathe with the Switchblade, the new and true AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Switchblade Jay White, because it's still my era. This is the Switchblade era, because MJF, you've gone soft, and you know it. You don't have a goddamn clue what I'm capable of, so how about I show you? Oh, MJF squaring up the Switchblade Jay White. As Dynamite was going off the air, four men wearing all black and in masks attacked White with one of the attackers wearing MJF's devil mask. In the opening match, Ray Phoenix made his first defense of the international title, defeating Jeff Jarrett. Later in the show, Nick Jackson became the number one contender to the international title when he won a three-way match against Brian Cage and Claudio Castagnoli. Well, Nick Jackson, so smart, so savvy, picked up the scraps left behind by Claudio Castagnoli. Taz, I'm not sure how you sneak in with a springboard, but Nick Jackson <laughs> did it, surprising not only Brian Cage, but Claudio Castagnoli as well. Tell you what, it's official for next week, though, Excalibur. Guess who is the number one contender for that international title? It'll be a rematch of Dynamite number eight from 2019. Ray Phoenix, Nick Jackson, one-on-one. -on -one. This time, the AEW International Woo! Championship. On the, anniversary, the on the anniversary of Dynamite, which is even sweeter. In other results, Orange Cassidy won a four-way match against Matt Jackson, Austin Gunn, and Penta El Zero Miedo. Julia Hart pinned Willow Nightingale, and in a promo segment, Don Callis officially welcomed Sammy Guevara into the Don Callis family. In ratings news, NXT experienced a drop of almost a quarter of its audience from last week with a total audience this past Tuesday on USA Network of 636,000 viewers. That's down nearly 23% from last week's 824,000, according to Sports TV Ratings. The rating in the key 18 to 49 year old demographic was 0.18, down 25% from last week's key demo rating of 0.24. Despite the drop, the episode was still more highly viewed than any of the evening sports telecasts on cable. In injury news, Malachi Black took to social media to update fans on a minor injury he's dealing with. According to Black, he sustained a small calf muscle tear and knee hyperextension, and he's almost completely nursed back to health. Black made it clear he is not still suffering from the back injury that put him on the shelf a year ago. 
He maintained that he is able to do singles matches, but at the moment the priority appears to be keeping him in trios matches with the House of Black. Black has not wrestled since All In one month ago and has not appeared in a one-on-one -on -one singles match in AEW in 15 months. Stardom announced one of its top stars, Utami Hayashita, has been pulled from upcoming shows due to suffering a cervical hernia. Hayashita had been scheduled to take on Julia on Saturday during the final night of Stardom's five-star Grand Prix finals, but Julia will receive a win by forfeit. It's the company's second injury to a top star during the Grand Prix. On the tournament's first night in July, Saya Kamatani suffered a dislocated elbow and ligament damage in a match against Tam Nakano. There's been no word on when she'll return. And now news on a new interpromotional partnership. New Japan Pro Wrestling, CMLL, and Major League Wrestling announced yesterday that the three companies would be forming a strategic alliance, which would include co-promotion and talent sharing. Crossover among the three organizations is planned to begin next month and has been in the works since last July, according to a Fightful report. The alliance would allow for crossover of storylines among the three promotions, and Fightful's report indicates that a free flow of talent among the three companies is planned, particularly with CMLL's Lucha Libre performers coming into MLW. And we close with some unfortunate news. Curtis Smith, best known as one half of incarnations of the famous Infernos and Mighty Yankees tag teams in the 1970s, passed away last Monday of heart failure at the age of 80. The news was first reported online by his friend, historian, and author Scott Teal. Smith got his first break in the business in 1968 as one half of the Blue Demons tag team in the Arkansas-Tennessee-Alabama territory run by Nick Goulas and Roy Welch, setting a standard for the many masked personas he would use over the years. But it was while teaming with his brother Rocky Smith as a version of the Masked Infernos from 1969 to 1972 that he would get his first taste of success, becoming a mainstay not only for Goulas and Welch, but also in Mid-Atlantic, West Texas, and Florida. The duo captured the Florida Tag Team title and the Western States Tag Team title on two occasions apiece. In the mid-1970s, Curtis would form the Super Infernos team with Doug Gilbert holding titles in Georgia Championship Wrestling and the Gulf Coast Territory. He also joined forces there with Jerry Miller as a version of the Mighty Yankees and later as the Challengers, holding the Gulf Coast Tag Team title together on five occasions. He would later briefly join a different version of the Infernos for a short run on the West Coast that resulted in two America's Tag Team Championships. Toward the end of his career in the late 1970s, he would compete under a variety of masked identities throughout the Southeastern Territories and Central States, including the Executioner and the Blue Yankee. He was also one of the Cuban assassins in Stampede Wrestling. Curtis retired from wrestling in 1979 and later became a firefighter in Carrollton, Georgia, rising to the rank of lieutenant. He is survived by Meredith Smith, his wife of 50 years. Once again, Curtis Smith passes away at the age of 80. And before we leave you today, we'd like to remind you that however you consume your content, you can find the wrestling news 24 hours a day and seven days a week across social media. On Twitter, follow us at Wrestling News AV. Our Facebook page is also Wrestling News AV. The Wrestling News can also be found on the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube page. And for those who utilize Amazon Echo devices, just tell Alexa to play the Wrestling News podcast. And remember to make sure you add podcast at the end. Once again, for daily updates, breaking news, and more, 
Follow the wrestling news across social media. And that's the news for today. If anything happens, we will be here to tell you about it. No clickbait, no paywall, just the wrestling news. The wrestling news is a division of Arcadian Vanguard, and the wrestling newscast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network.